And we're finding out more about the accused gunman, CBS's Steve Futterman. The 21-year-old suspect, Patrick Crucius, has already been charged with murder by local officials. Federal charges, though, are also expected. El Paso Police Chief Greg Allen says local authorities will try their case first. And then the federal government will uh, do a secondary prosecution. Of it's possible the suspect could be given two death sentences. Former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe is suing the Justice Department, charging his firing last year, a day before his scheduled retirement, was because of a political vendetta by President Trump. CBS's Pat Milton explains. McCabe alleges in the lawsuit that uh, it was punishment, it was politically motivated and retaliatory. McCabe's abrupt firing made him ineligible for his pension. The U.S. has harsh words for China after Beijing released personal details on an American diplomat after U.S. officials met with opposition leaders in Hong Kong. The State Department's Morgan Ortangas. Releasing any of that personal information of an American diplomat is completely unacceptable. That's not a protest. That's what a thuggish regime does, and it's unacceptable. China calls its response to the meeting a formal protest. New research suggests scientists are closer to diagnosing celiac disease with a simple blood test. Celiac patient Evelyn Donlan says it's very tough to diagnose. Oftentimes people may think they just have indigestion or reflux. And in the end, it can take a long time to get to the bottom of the problem, which can be um, a gluten intolerance. The research published in Science Advances. Stocks were up across the board today. The Dow gained 371 points. NASDAQ climbed 176. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. Combining home and auto with State Farm gets you great coverage for less. Combining 90s R&B with State Farm radio ads gets you this jam covered for free. visit statefarm.com. Welcome to Sherwin-Williams. So I can get 35% off paint? Yes. And 35% off stains? You bet. Party time! <laughs> yeah! Oh, party time, the color. I'd like three gallons in party time, please. You got it. Ask Sherwin-Williams August 2nd through 12th and save 35% on paints and stains with sale prices starting at $25.02. Only at your local Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Retirement can creep on up on you faster than you might think, and apparently a lot of women aren't ready for it. CBS's Wendy Gillette has more. A new study shows women are less prepared for retirement than men. The study by Nationwide Advisory Solutions shows only 62% of women have a plan to help them outlive their savings in retirement versus 76% of men. Women typically make less than men and live longer than men on average. They also face higher health care costs. Today, hundreds of Beatles fans gathered at the London Crosswalk, made famous by the cover of the Abbey Road album, to mark the 50th anniversary of that photograph. Fans posed in the crosswalk for a photograph honoring the iconic original of John, Paul, George, and Ringo striding across the black and white striped crossing. Needless to say, they caused a traffic jam. The site remains a site of pilgrimage for Beatles fans. Pam Coulter, CBS News. 
Recovering from the disabling effects of a stroke is challenging. Pisces 3 is a clinical research study to determine if a study drug made from stem cells will help improve function in people aged 35 to 75 who have limited movement in their arms and or legs up to 11 months after having an ischemic stroke. Qualified patients will receive all study-related care at no cost and compensation will be provided for travel. If you or a loved one qualifies, call 1-855-821-4809 or visit Pisces3.org. Ready to create your own income with your own home-based business where there's no such thing as getting laid off? If a billionaire entrepreneur spent five years and $20 million searching for the next big trend, wouldn't you want to know what he found? If you're serious about making money from home without having to leave home, then write this down www.goherenext.com. You decide your income. Get the facts now. Goherenext.com. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Yes, sports fan, 970 WATH, 97.1 FM. Bib, welcome into the show. It is the best time of year. I say this every time we start a show in the month of August because football is gearing up and gearing up hard. And I am just absolutely thrilled to be on the sports fan talking football with you today. I've been bouncing around about every single football camp you can find around the county. I've been in and out of Bobcats practice. Um, I was at Bobcat Media Day yesterday. I visited the Nelson New York Buckeyes at practice. I've visited the Megs Marauders. I've visited the Athens Bulldogs, and I've also visited the Vinton County Vikings. And I've done my first look at all those teams, and I've wrote written articles. And you can find those at WATHSportsFan.com. Again, that's WATHSportsFan.com. Look underneath the Sports Fan blog and the Bobcat Insider for all the news, the reports, all that information that I've been able uh, to garner. So far in the early practice sessions, I'm going to see the Trimble Tomcats tomorrow. At least that's the plan. And then uh, it'll be a weekend off. And then we'll be right back at it, heading to camps next week. We'll try to get through the entire TVC Ohio, Tyler Corbett and I. And we've got a couple interviews from a few of the coaches that I've had an opportunity to speak to later in the show. But where I wanted to start, was with the Ohio Bobcats because they had their media day and I had the opportunity to sit down and really listen to this coaching staff. Troy Boland is with us on the sports fan as well. And I had an opportunity to really sit down and listen to this coaching staff. Head coach Frank Solich spoke and then both coordinators spoke, including new defensive coordinator Ron Collins. Uh, Tim Alvin also gave his comments as well as the offensive coordinator and the special teams coordinator had a few comments. Not too many questions, though. Uh, Really hard to dive deep with the special teams coordinator, but we dove deep with everybody else. And one of the more interesting conversations I think is going to be about this Ohio defensive line. Now I wrote an article for the Bobcat insider. Um, that's up on WATHSportsFan.com, and that's breaking down pro football focuses grades for the returning linemen for Ohio. Um, at least those with significant snap opportunities. And when you look at those players that are returning, 
it, it's the common ones. It's the ends. We know that's the ends returning. Will Evans. Will Evans just named a captain. Highly talented. Fast, athletic on the outside, the redshirt junior. I expect him to be an impact player. He's the highest graded returner from a year ago. And then you have Sam McKnight. And this is where we're going to talk to Cam Meller, and he's going to try to help us break this down in just a few minutes. Cam's scheduled to call in at 6.10. But Sam McKnight was graded as 78.9 from Pro Football Focus a year ago. But he was cited as a role player and was a role player last year by new defensive coordinator Ron Collins. So they still plan on starting Amos Ogan Seymour at the other end position, which I think is the correct decision. And then the other returner, along with Amos Ogan Seymour, is Cole Baker, who is formerly of East Mississippi Community College, which was featured in the show Last Chance U. I think there's some young athletic talent on the edges. I think if they can get better pass rushing-wise, that'll make up for some of the losses on the inside with the defensive line. There's a lot of young defensive tackles, so questions will be up the middle for the Ohio Bobcats. But the ends, they're athletic, they're exciting, and I think the Bobcats are going to be able to get after the quarterback a little bit this year, Troy, which is something they've struggled to do in the last couple of years. Last year was a little bit better. They finished about middle of the pack in the Mid-American Conference in pass rush. But remember, two years ago, that pass rush wasn't really effective. The Bobcats, they've been looking for that pass rush, Troy, since Terrell Basham. Uh, was hanging around the program. When's the last time you... What's the most dominant Ohio pass rush you remember in your time watching the Bobcats? Hmm. <laughs> Lucas, you do realize they were horrible for like 20-some-odd years. No, I get that. So is it the Terrell Basham line? Yeah, probably so. Because Terrell Basham, an I mean, NFL guy, he's playing in a preseason game tonight, actually. So. Nice. Um, <laughs> Ohio's not been notorious for defense, front sevens, uh, anything of that nature. So any basically any good line that they've had in the last five or six years is probably one of their best. Well, we've got Cam Meller from Pro Football Focus to shed some light on the current Ohio defensive line. Cam, big welcome into the show. We're excited to have you once again. And this Ohio defensive line is a unit that when you look at it on the surface, last year I didn't expect it to be such a highly ranked unit they did very well against the run and that's where they really made up the grading at least from what I saw what what did Ohio lose from last year's defensive line to this year in terms of an analytical perspective well I think you're losing just a little bit of of what you mentioned there what what carried them was the run defense as a whole and what we what what you bring back is not necessarily a great pass rushing unit so I do think that there will be a Maybe a drop-off, but I think maybe, you know, we may have a couple of guys that actually could uh, break out in the pass rush, a couple of guys that have shown, you know, in some games here and there that they have the ability. It's just a matter of getting them on the field, and I think that's that's where we're headed this year. Who are those guys? Go ahead and highlight those ones. I don't want to ruin it by giving some of the names that have been mentioned by coaches and have been mentioned throughout camp. I'm sure they're going to be some of the popular names, though. Who are those names you think that can be those explosive pass rushers for the Bobcats? Well, if I'd have to say, it's, it's the rotational between Sam McKnight and Will Evans. That's definitely where I where I would pin my hat on this year as saying the guys that are that'll be the best to rush the passer. Uh, McKnight obviously did it on a little bit fewer snaps, uh, still a career high for him. But you know, 16 pressures on 160 snaps, not necessarily anything you want to to hang your hat on and say this was a great season. So I looked at the kind of advanced numbers, and that's where we look at some of our things kind of behind the scenes, and that includes uh, pass rush win rate. So it actually takes into consideration every time that a defensive player beats the offensive lineman in front of him, whether he registers a pressure, a sack, a hit, or a hurry, or not. 
sometimes, you know, you're playing against, you know, my key example is always a Texas Tech, an air raid offense. If you are beating your offensive tackle, but the game plan for the other offenses to get the ball out within two seconds, you're not going to record a pressure. You don't have a lot of opportunities. And so with some of these offenses that we see in the MAC, you know, the quarterback play isn't necessarily the strong suit. And so some of these schemes have been literally to get the ball out as quick as possible to avoid letting the quarterbacks have to make multiple, multiple reads. And so that's where you see when a guy like Sam McKnight is actually winning almost a quarter of his pass rushes wow. behind the scenes there. He's not registering a lot of pressures. It's just not that he's got the opportunity to. He's still beating the guy in front of him. And that's where I think I look at that and I say Sam McKnight definitely poised for what I would call a breakout year on the line. It's just it's an interesting question with the defensive line because you know those guys are going to rotate. But Sam McKnight was quoted in the presser on Wednesday, Cam, as a role player. And he will be a good role player uh, this year on the Ohio defense, a rotation guy. Uh, they're, they're not referring to him as a frontline starter. They're, they're really planning on mixing him as a rotation, as a pass rusher. So it'll be interesting to see how they use it. And it, it's really interesting to see that the coaching staff is looking more towards Amos Ogan Seymour as a guy who can contribute more consistently and be a guy that starts on the opposite end of Will Evans and then keeps Sam McKnight in the rotation it's just an interesting look there that they're deciding not to go with McKnight on the other end and instead trying to keep him in that rotation the same they did last year. Yeah, I get it, I guess. But August Seymour has probably of, of the three guys that we're talking about here has the lowest pass rush rate of the, of the trio. And so I, I do think that maybe keeping edge defenders fresh and, and using them situationally is a good thing when used properly. And so McKnight coming in on a third and long, a second and long, or one of the just against some of those passing offenses or pass first offenses i think i think it's a great idea keep them both fresh let him and evans kind of become the the habit wrecker there on the defensive side but i do think there's been we're going to be you're going to be strong against the run that's a given so if they can find the way to actually generate pressure and do it on a consistent basis will be key for the defense well, being strong against the run means that guys like Cole Baker are going to have to step up. He's the only significant snap returner from the middle of that defensive line. He's a scuba tech guy, a very famous university in, in college football in the junior college level. He contributed well last year. What do you expect from him this year? I think it's more of the same. Uh, it's really It sounds kind of like a broken record when you look at everything here, but it is. It's lackluster pass grades or pass rush grades for him, uh, for Baker, that is, but at, some of the better and uh, higher rated pass rushing grades were from Baker there in the middle. So unless, you know, I used this earlier today and in, in talking, talking about defensive interior players, unless you're a guy like Aaron Donald, you know, you're not going to be known to rush the passer up the middle and it's not necessarily needs to be your strong suit. So for him to be good against the run and to stuff and take up maybe two, three gaps at a time or take up, you know, some of those talented centers in the Mac, that's I think where he's key and he'll allow some free ups for some one-on-one matchups on the outside. Yeah, the Ohio defensive line has always been good, even when they don't have high-level athleticism. I think two years ago is a big example. They were all redshirt seniors at every starting position on the front, and they were probably some of the worst pass-rushing linemen that you know I've seen at the Mid-American Conference level. They were probably 8th to 10th best unit in terms of getting after the passer individually one-on-one, but they defended the run so well that it kind of almost negated the lack of a pass rush. But I think that pass rush is what would push Ohio's defense from... Last year, they were pretty good in the MAC, only 20.9 points per game allowed, and they ended up shutting out San Diego State in the bowl game, so they were effective. 
But I think that they were never that dominant defense. And if they add a pass rush, Cam, I think that that is what's going to bring Ohio's defense from, yeah, they're pretty good, they can get stops, to, man, I do not want to play that defense on Saturdays or in the midweek action. Yeah, we know that there's going to be some talented players on the back four at least, but the this summer-long discussion on what's more important at both levels of football, is it pass rush or is it coverage, we've statistically proven that it is coverage, but a great pass rush will only help your coverage, and that means forcing some errant throws, forcing some pocket breakdowns, even if you don't register pressure. If you're getting consistent actual movement of the pocket, you're going to fluster some quarterbacks here, and some ball hawks in the back end are going to be able to make some plays on the ball. Well, Cam, before we get out of here, I wanted to let you know something that the famed coach Frank Solich said in the press conference about our boy Nathan Rourke. I know you're a big fan. He said that every college football player should strive to be just like Nathan Rourke, both on and off the field. Those are high, high comments from a guy who's coached a national championship squad. I've never heard him talk about a player um, that lovingly and that highly as he did about Nathan Rourke. I think he just kind of echoes exactly what, what we see in his grades, where you just consistently get better, you work at your craft, you're great on and off the field, and I, you know, I think I agree with Solich. Yeah, and they also said that this was this was actually the first year. This is not this is fact. This is the first year he was able to be in the Ohio weightlifting program, which is by far and away the best, I think, in the Mid American Conference. They said that he got a year in the weightlifting program, and the offensive coordinator said that he came into camp a new man physically, um, capable of being uh, of a whole bunch of different things physically that he wasn't capable of for. So if you thought Nathan Ork was fun last year, if this line can block for him, man, it's going to be an exciting year in Athens. That just means MAC defenses look out. MAC defenses look out for sure. And keep on a lookout for Cam. He'll be on the show next week as well. As always, thanks, Cam. Uh, appreciate it. My pleasure. Have a good night, guys. That's Cam Meller from Pro Football Focus joining us on the program. Fantastic job, as always. Troy, just short takeaways from the conversation with Cam, the defensive line for Ohio. I think we're at a point that we know they're going to be pretty good. It's just a question if Will Evans, Amos Ogan-Seymour, and Sam McKnight can be that trio pass-rushing unit, and they get real sacks, real pressures, and create real havoc up front, it could lift this defense beyond from a pretty good defense to an elite defense uh, at the mid-major level. Well, if they do that, they would certainly be not just favorites to win the MAC championship, but heavy MAC championship, but heavy favorites. Oh yeah, because um, let's face it, the MAC isn't notorious for defense, and I, I have a funny feeling that we're going to see a lot of high-scoring games, which is nothing out of the ordinary for for the MAC. But Frank Solich does have a history of wanting to play lower-scoring games. He wants to play. Uh, really good defense, but the game of football has changed and it has evolved over the years, especially at the mid-major level. Uh, so I, I'm I'm one to believe that we are going to see some high-scoring games when that takes place. That's going to skew the numbers of a defense. I remember back in 2014 when Athens scored the most points in the history of Ohio high school football. Everybody said, "Well, your defense stinks." Uh, they were giving up 40 or 50 a game, but I was like, "Well, what well, your offense is scoring in a minute and 20 seconds when they get the ball, and your defense has to keep going back out there. It's very difficult for them." Not to mention their, the offense of the team that they're facing was basically doing everything they could to score a lot of points, or they were trying to control the ball, keeping Burrow off the field. So their whole game plan was, we can't stop Athens, so we need to find a way that our offense can stop Athens from being on the field. Well, and it could have been two different ways. They could have tried out scores, which that was asinine. That went out the window pretty quick. And then it became 
how do we keep the football? So that defense is putting in a re- put in a really bad spot. And uh, that's kind of not the same thing as what's going on in the MAC, but the trend is that way, where teams are scoring fast. It's a lot of offense, and when that happens, the defense suffers. I, I think the offense, because Nathan Rourke is back there, is going to be pretty good. And I think the defense was real was good last year in mid-american conference play they actually finished below 20 points per game allowed if you remove the non-conference and add in the bowl game if you just do conference play in the bowl game so the back end of ohio's schedule when they finally figured out how to tackle i mean they could not tackle for the first few weeks of the season they elevated to a really good defense and they were that close to elite and they showcased some elite tendencies in that shutout bowl victory first ever shutout for a mid-american conference team in a bowl game and to me, they got better in the most important positions in a defense. They have their linebacker core returning. They have a lot of depth in their linebackers. There's no elite Quentin, Quentin polling level player, but they're all pretty good guys that are going to make tackles, and they got a year better. Their secondaries got some dudes. Javon Hagen, Marlon Brooks, Jamal Hudson, those are some dudes. Xavier Motley has been a guy that's been in the weight room all year long. They've got a really deep and a really talented secondary that's going to get after the football and get after pass catchers all season long, and they got better in the pass rushing area. The best pass rushing defensive tackle, he's returning, Cole Baker. Now, he wasn't that great against the run, and, and they have some problems in figuring out the run up the middle, but they returned their two, their three best edge rushers, who are all going to get a year better, a year stronger. They got better in the most important positions on a defense. It's hard for me seeing this defense get worse unless... The coordinator mattered that much because you have Jimmy Burrow being replaced with Ron Collins, but it feels like it's just going to be the same system, and Ohio just kind of runs on a system. It would be a real shock to me if Ron Collins uh, somehow screwed the pooch with this defense. I think Ohio's got a really good chance to be special. There's some TVC teams who think they have a really good chance to be special this year as well. Troy and I will talk about a couple of those two teams, and we'll hear some interviews from some local coaches This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3500. For a free estimate. Are you looking for new ways to connect with friends without breaking the bank? WellWorks is now offering fitness for you. Personalized classes at your convenience with your friends. At WellWorks, if you want it, we want to help you achieve it. That's why we're offering private group fitness classes at exceptional prices. Let's work together. Grab a group of friends and connect with us to design your unique class. Learn more at ohio.edu slash wellworks. Wellworks is an initiative of the College of Health Sciences and Professions at Ohio University and is open to the community. Did you know that April is Donate Life Month? Lifeline of Ohio, as well as many other partners from around the country, create activities throughout the month of April to educate and encourage people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors, as well as celebrate those who have saved and healed lives through the gift of donation. There are over 117,000 men, women, and children awaiting life-saving organ transplants. And another person is added to that list every 10 minutes. Be the difference. Register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor today by visiting lifelineofohio.org. Click on the Register tab. 
It's easy and takes less than two minutes. So what can you do to help increase organ, eye, and tissue donation? First, register your decision online at lifelineofohio.org. Then tell your family and friends about your decision to donate life. And finally, ask those friends and family members if they are registered donors. Help Lifeline of Ohio and donate life. Celebrate the gift of life and sight by becoming a donor today. Visit lifelineofohio.org today to register and learn more. Do you have aching feet, heel pain, or ankle problems? Some foot issues just can't be fixed by those expensive shoe stores or with shoe inserts. It's important that you find and fix the real problem and not just treat the symptom of foot and ankle pain. A foot exam from a doctor of podiatric medicine who is the medical expert in foot and ankle pain may answer your questions. Our doctors will provide important foot care solutions after doing a complete foot examination that a shoe store just can't do. Podiatric physicians are the most qualified doctors to care for your feet based on their education, training, and experience. The Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association's members are located throughout Ohio and are dedicated to providing the highest quality foot and ankle care. If you suffer from foot, heel, or ankle pain, let us help you find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association so you know you are being treated by the very best. Visit us at associationsadvanceohio.com for a referral today. Siemens Grocery is your family-owned grocery store where customer service is still a priority. At Siemens, you'll find high-quality, healthy, fresh foods, including fresh, natural Amish chicken. Siemens opened their doors in 1951 and for three generations has offered the highest quality produce and finest cuts of meats. How long has it been since you've been to Siemens? Siemens Grocery and Marathon, 305 West Union Street, Athens, 730 to 9, Monday through Saturday, Sundays from 10 to 7. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Nine seventy WATH ninety seven point one FM. Big welcome into the sports fan. It is a short show today because the biggest series of the year is today for the Cincinnati Reds, Troy. And uh, we want to kind of save time at the end of the show to talk a little bit of Reds. So I want to get right into these interviews that I was able to record as I made my way through local practices. Travis Bethel, the head coach of the Vinton County Vikings, Troy. It's his first year that Vikings program won with a lot of expectations. Before we hear this interview, I, just in terms of Vinton County, can you put into words how depressing it's been to be a Vinton County fan over the last 15 years? I wouldn't say depressing. I'd, I'd be more depressed if I was River Valley program. Federal Hawking possibly has been very down. I don't think Vinton County really has too much to hang their head about. They've competed. They've been in games. But they um, lose them in such horrific ways. Well, I know that that's true, but I mean, at least they at least they're putting a the product out on the field. They got pretty good teams, and it's and it doesn't last very long because as soon as the the winter hits, they're just so good in basketball. So that kind of helps out a little bit. So, but since I've been here, the two most gut wrenching losses that I have seen have been both Vinton County games. Last year, that unbelievable collapse against Midford, where they literally had the game. And then the year before that, week nine against the Nelson York Buckeyes. When they, yeah, that was tough. That one was tough in the corner. That's what I mean by it being a tough situation for Vinton County Vikings fans. They have not had a winning season in 15 years. Travis Bethel thinks he's the man to change that. Let's listen 
to my interview with head coach of the Vinton County Vikings, Travis Bethel. How's it feel? New shirt, new environment, new players, new program. How, how do you feel in it? It's definitely a big change, but uh, everything has been positive. Um, everything from administration, the uh, the players, our coaching staff, everything's all summer long has been been a positive experience, and uh, and everyone's working hard for uh, for the players. That's for sure. And you said you're establishing a lot of new stuff, a lot of new concepts uh, to the guys. You're trying to work more out of the shotgun. How do you feel like you're establishing what you want to do offensively and defensively so far? Uh, as of right now, it's good. Now, a month ago, if you asked me that, it would have been a little bit different. Um, one thing I told the coaches, new offensive scheme, new defensive scheme, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, we slowly install uh, every day and uh, just get good at the the few things we have in right now, and I think we're pretty good at it. So we're at a point now where we can keep adding stuff, but a month ago it was it – was, uh, we learned right away we can't get frustrated, be patient with them. It's new to them. It's not going to happen overnight, but uh, they've got better all summer. So, Well, a big reason for going to that shotgun set is that you can throw the ball, and it's because you got a trigger man in Braylon Dameron. How have you liked his development so far? Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, we, we didn't know what to expect with him. We've seen a few few uh, film games from last year, and uh, he's definitely matured, and he's bigger and stronger uh, than he was last year. So um, as far as his arm, he's uh, – I mean, he can get the ball down the field 45, 50 yards accurate, uh, but it's all about protecting him. Um, and we have, we have two groups – uh, we have 10 linemen that we can rotate in and out and not, not lose a step. So everything's going good. And we also have four or five weapons for him to get the ball to. So so we just felt like uh, we had to get in the shotgun some where he's protected better and get, get some of these guys the ball out in space because he can do that. What are your goals for this season? Uh, our goals is, as a coaching staff and the players, is to have a winning season. Um, we, we would love – to uh, compete, and our goal would be to win win the TVC, but it's going to be very competitive this year. Um, I think we can push for that and compete for it, but they Benton County has not had a winning season in 15 years, so to hit that 6-4 and four or better mark is our ultimate goal, and then, uh, then compete for the TVC. That's Coach Travis Bethel, and it's a refreshing little bit of realism there that, yes, the conference is obviously the goal, but let's get a winning season with the Vinton County Vikings first. And I think that's a really good goal for Travis Bethel and the Vikings. And, and looking at them, Troy, they're, they're tall and long up front. Uh, they added a six foot two, two forty tackle in Boomer Herald. You got Nick Pittman in the middle, the best center in the TVC. He's played all 30 games as a varsity player. And he's heading into his senior season. I think that they're going to be possibly the best offensive line in the TVC and very well might have the best offensive and defensive lines in the conference. And they've got a good trigger man, a guy who threw for more yards in his freshman season than Naylan Yates did in his freshman season. And Braylon Dameron had a shortened season. I think the Vinton County Vikings have the pieces in place that if they put it all together and things finally break their way and they get rid of those gut wrenching, inexplainable losses, I think they could have a chance to be really competitive in this conference and perhaps maybe even shock the world and win it. Um, yeah, I mean, if their line is that good, it's possible. Um, 
Now, I'm not, not going to really judge until I watch them play. Yeah, it's I, I just the, the length there. there. There's real potential, especially with them get going away from the power run sets that Vinton County has always been used to. They want to get into more shotgun spread. I really think a longer offensive line really fits those systems better. You get them moving side to side. He's looking for more athleticism than hogs up front. You know, you kind of get them on the move, you get them in the space, you have them in pass protection. I think that they could be pretty effective up front. How strong are they? I don't know. But in terms of height, in terms of length, in terms of raw athleticism from just looking at it, their line has a chance to be pretty good. And they were a good line last year. They opened up some holes against Athens, who's the best defensive line in the league. Yeah, it sounds good in theory. Um I'd like to see it. I mean, I want to see more good teams in the TVC. I think it's a lot more interesting. But we get a three and four team race. It's way better, so I'm all for it. I, I hope everything that you're saying is is true. Uh, I'll get a, an idea eight thirty when they play Unioto. Uh, their non conference is it's a little bit challenging. The Unioto game is never never easy. Fairfield Union is not going to be easy, I don't think. Then you got Shady Side as your other non conference. We know that's going to be very tough. Uh, so you know, there's your four games. I think six and four is very realistic, just based on last year's players and coming back for this year's team even though the the non-conference is a little bit challenged but challenging but uh six and four definitely attainable if they're better than we think they are they can very well compete for the league i don't i don't see nelson new york and athens being head and shoulders above everybody you know we just have that that kind of feeling where we're going off past history that they're, they're they've been really good programs the last seven or eight years and they got some returning guys and they got good coaches but that doesn't translate to wins. Uh, it just sounds good on paper right now. But it's it's not a team that's got a whole load of players that you think are going to dominate the league. So I, I think Benton County could very well be in it if, if they play really well. And then they're better than, than, what my, than I think they may be at this point right now. Interesting for sure. We're running short on the show. So we want to get to the interview with Nathan White. And then we'll talk a little bit of Bulldogs after we hear from the Athens Bulldog head coach, Nathan White, also in his first season. All right, we're here with Coach Nathan White following one of the Bulldogs' practices. Coach, new role for you, but it really feels a lot like the same. you got a lot of the same staff around. You've been here for a long, long time. You're still running the offense. Different but familiar at the same time. What's it been like for you, the transition as we get into August? Uh, off the field, it's been a, a bigger change than on the field. Um, there's, you know, as Ryan told me, there would be. There's a lot of extra stuff to deal with um, besides just coaching football. But it's a, a pleasant deal when we start practicing, get out there, and it just feels like football again. I've I've really enjoyed um, practice, maybe even a little bit more now because I get to kind of just put my apples in that basket and, and coach football while we're out there. That, that's been really fun. And one of those fun aspects of practice, I'd imagine, would be coaching your new quarterback, Joey Moore. How has he adapted? How is he looking in the early parts of training camp? Uh, he's doing a nice job. Um, you know, everybody knows he's a pretty talented kid, and, and that's going to come, and I don't have any doubt about that. The biggest steps he's made is as a leader. Uh, he's only a junior for us, but has become one of our leaders, and, and I'm a firm believer that if your quarterback – isn't one of your hardest working guys and one of your leaders, then you're not going to meet your potential as a team. So um, he has really changed himself, not that he was lacking before, but he has really made an effort to become a leader for us, which is a great thing. How do you feel about your line play early in camp? 
Yeah, well, we're replacing seven seniors who all started at some point, so it's going to be a ton of new faces. And um, we're, we're playing seven, eight, nine kids up there right now with our first group and really figuring out who can play. And uh, we're teaching them the scheme and how we want to do stuff technique-wise. Uh, but with so many new faces, they also have to learn what Friday night feels like, the effort that, and, and the physicality that it requires. And um, very, very, very rarely on Friday night do you ever feel good. You're always dinged up or bruised or bumped or you're really, really tired. So those guys are fighting through learning that along with learning the scheme. Uh, I have to say that I'm pleasantly surprised with them so far. That we, we are going to be very green up front. Um, but the effort, the attitude that we're getting out of those guys has been really good. Well, they'll learn quick because compared to last year, the first game of the season is a bigger challenge. You're traveling to Waverly, then back home against a Jackson team with really high expectations, and then traveling to West Virginia to play Parkersburg South. That's a gauntlet three-game stretch. What do you feel like as a coach? It's a little different from years past. You're going to be tested and tested early. It's quite interesting. We're uh, starting with Waverly, who, who is incredibly talented, tough kids, very well coached. Um, it's going to be a challenge, and we have to go down there. They have a beautiful facility, which will be nice. And then, like you said, it doesn't get any easier. We've got Jackson, who, who is in the playoffs every single year as well, and then Parkersburg South coming. The beauty is you only got to play one, one, a, one a week, so... We're doing everything we can right now to, to get ready for Marietta. And to be totally honest, we haven't even talked much about Waverly yet because we're really focusing on trying to have some success against Marietta in our first scrimmage, which is next Saturday. Um, when that is over, uh, we prepare for the, for the Jamboree with Trimble a little bit, but we really start looking at week one after our first scrimmage. So um, it's going to be a challenge. I haven't talked to a, a lot to our kids about that yet. I think they understand how good those teams are to, on, on the front end of our schedule. Um, we're going to find out really quickly. Uh, I don't know if we're going to find out how good we are because those are great teams, honestly, but we're going to find out uh, what we're made of a little bit, how tough we are, and if we'll step up and play with those teams. You agree with Coach White there that the Bulldogs are going to have uh, – well, I, I think you have to agree with them that they're going to find out who they are pretty quickly um, in the first three weeks of the season. It's going to be tough. I just like listening to the guy talk. I mean, he's yeah, he's, he's the highly most, intelligent. He's the most well-spoken coach uh, in the TVC. He's just a smart guy, man. I mean, I've known him off the field for a while, and he's just a smart guy. He's incredibly, incredibly smart, and he's well-spoken, and, and he's just got that good coach's talk. I could, I could do interviews with him for days and listen to him for days. It's just fun to listen to. Great interview with Coach White. Great interview with Coach Bethel as well. And big thanks to Cam Miller from Pro Football Focus joining us on the program Quick prediction for the Reds this weekend, Troy. How many do they take from the Cubs? Oh, my goodness, Lucas. Let's, let's aim for three out of four. I, I think they'll get three. I think they'll get three out of four. Oh, you just copied me. I just said three out of four. Well, that's what I was saying that they were going to get. Well, but, let's just win tonight. Cole yeah. Hamill's on the man. He's pretty good. Ooh, Castillo on Sunday, though. Can't wait for that. All right, we're going to send it to Marty. This has been the Sports Fan on 970 WATH.